When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. With Metro by T-Mobile, your hard-earned money goes further. This tax season, there's zero fees to switch. Enjoy Metro's lowest price. Just 25 bucks a line for four lines. Plus, get four free Samsung Galaxy phones when you switch. Now that's the best deal in wireless. Metro by T-Mobile, empowering you to rule your day. All lines lose promo rate if any deactivates. No fees on select phones. Limit one per line with eligible port. Excludes sales tax. Limited time offer. Additional terms apply. See MetroByTMobile.com. The Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast is brought to you by Triple Threat Sports, Marishka's in Crest Hill, Chuck's Southern Comforts Cafe, our star real estate broker, Michael Elwood of Remax First Service, and by Rabbit Brewing in Homewood, Illinois. Here are your hosts, NBC Chicago's James Naveau and 670 The Scores hockey guy, Jay Zawoski. Welcome in, my friends, to a very special edition of the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. My name is James Naveau, resplendently dressed in a tuxedo, or at least you'll think I am, when we start to unveil our Good Riddance 2018 Awards. With me, as always, to co-host this wonderful event with all of the luminaries and celebrities that we'll welcome along the way is the one and only Homewood's pride and joy, Jay Zawoski of 670 The Score. Jay, happy New Year's Eve. Are you ready to hand out some really chintzy and really worthless trophies? I am totally ready. I just got done interviewing Gritty on the red carpet. Uh, here, I'm going to play that audio real quick. Okay, that was it. That was Gritty's take on being at the award show. Uh, that was really great. I had a good time with Gritty. Very fancily dressed. You are in a tuxedo. I am also dressed up. I'm wearing pants. <laughs> I am actually wearing human pants today uh, for the first time during a podcast. So, yeah, Remarkable. it's a big day. It's a big day. It is the Good Riddance 2018 award show. A uh, couple serious, couple fun little awards we're going to do. But we'd be remiss. Before the awards start, we have to have the, pre the award pregame show. We've got to talk about the big trade that literally everybody missed during yesterday's Bears game. <laughs> you know, Stan Bowman needs to learn. Like, you would think that John McDonough and Jay Blunk, you can't say one without the other, uh, would be aware, like, hey, we're going to pull off a kind of good trade here. We should hold it till the Bears are done. Nope. Yeah. Had to announce it when no one cared. But the Hawks <laughs> uh, acquired Drake Kajula and Jason Garrison from the Edmonton Oilers for Brandon Manning and Robin Norrell. Uh, I don't know how else to spin this aside from that is completely positive. There's no downside and I'm, uh, I'm here for it. Let's go. Dude, you literally, you said it yourself. Like I would love to like nitpick this trade horribly. The one question that we had yesterday, I know you said it on Twitter. I know I immediately thought it was, Oh God, I hope Jason Garrison isn't going to be taking ice time away from the kids. I want the young defensemen to be playing. I want them to be getting all sorts of NHL experience. And then lo and behold, Jason Garrison is never going to put on a Blackhawks uniform because he immediately got waived to send him down to Rockford. Jay, what was your favorite moment of the Jason Garrison era with the Chicago Blackhawks? I think it was the tweet where I was like, oh boy, maybe he's going to take time away from a from a young kid. Wait, no, he's not. Jeremy Cowden is coaching this team and not Joel Quenville. I was just talking to my buddy about this right before we started. And I was it mentioning... It wasn't gritty? 
it was not gritty. Gritty did not have much to say. Um, okay. But uh, I was talking to a buddy, and, and I said, like, God, you know that if Jason Garrison was traded to the Hawks with Quenville as head coach, he'd be on the first pair in the Winter Classic immediately. <laughs> oh, so God. Probably not, actually. Uh, I think Quenville realizes that Jason Garrison sucks. But, um, yeah, it, it's just it's kind of refreshing. We've talked about it. But, yeah, I'm excited. Kajula's a guy uh, can't put up some huge numbers in North Dakota which is like the college equivalent of the London Knights. That's the college you want to be at if you want to be a winning hockey player. Um, I compare him to those that have not seen him play. A more physical, slightly less skilled Vinny Henestroza. Does that sound right to you? I, maybe he's got a mm. little more scoring, a bit, like a little more finish to his offensive game, but undersized guy, speed skater. He's never going to be a top-end scorer. But he'll provide some energy. He can forecheck. He can play uh, all roles, center wing, uh, good on the power play. I, I think that he is comparable to a guy like Vinny Henestrosa. They're very close in age. I just see a lot of similarities there. Can he also murder thousands of Romans and bathe in their blood? Oh, wait, that's Caligula. Sorry. I, yeah, I, was, I did that. You know, I'm going to be honest. That's Jay, also every gritty. Time, every time. <laughs> he's, he's the real gritty, damn it. Um, every time I see his name, I immediately think of Caligula and I'm not going to be able to stop anytime soon. But when you pointed out that his last name is actually pronounced Kajula, it did make me think of Cholula hot sauce. So he's got that going for him too. I'm going to start calling him Drake hot sauce and there's nothing you can do to stop me. Why would I stop you? Uh, we <laughs> have been friend zoned by, uh, Cholula, but it's okay. Cause I, I'm, I like to be friends with them. They're delicious and nutritious <laughs> and all those things. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, so, I'm totally over it. Yeah, Brandon. So Brandon Manning's gone, which is a miracle in itself. The Hawks actually saved some money on this deal. Um, <laughs> they so did. What were you thinking, Edmonton? God, I really don't get what they're doing. <laughs> and not only is it not only is it okay, maybe we think like we can unleash something from Brandon Manning, which they can't. Of course they no, can't. But they bring in not. the guy who broke Connor McDavid's collarbone. They have to call Connor McDavid and, and approve this. It's Brandon Manning. He's not worth any of this. It's he one thing if it's couldn't like crack the Blackhawks' top six when they are one of the worst defensive units I have ever seen in my <laughs> NHL watching life. He couldn't crack that lineup, and yet you just had to bring him in. Look, this the is... only thing he's been able to break in his career is Connor McDavid's collarbone <laughs> and LOL at Edmonton. By the way, there's no way that was intentional. Anyone go back, watch that highlight. Everyone's like, that was a dirty play. Brandon Manning can't skate. All he did <laughs> was fall down and happen to take down Connor McDavid with him. And then, he, of course, he couldn't brace himself, crashes into the boards. Everyone's like, that was a dirty play. Watch it again. Manning's got no clue. All he's doing is panicking and falling down, and Connor McDavid happens to get tangled up with him. But look. It's, it's the only thing he's ever done right in his career, and he didn't mean to do it. Right. But the thing is, like, the consulting the star player thing, it's one thing if the St. Louis Blues wanted to trade for Brent Seabrook. And they were like, hey, David Backus, this is back in the day, obviously. We know Seabrook made a dirty hit on you, but he's a really good player, helps the team. Okay, cool, do that. Or if they want to trade Duncan Keith to the Canucks, and they talked to the Sedin twins and said, hey, are you cool with this? We know Duncan Keith elbowed you in the face. Okay, if we bring him in. You don't do that for Brandon effing Manning. <laughs> it's Connor McDavid was probably like, what? Why? What? What? No. Don't trade. I don't care that he hurt me. Just don't trade for him. Uh, it's, too, it's too late. We already did it. Yeah, it's, it's all tied up. Uh, it's just you, a, you remember when everybody thought Peter Chiarelli was like a genius? Oh, yeah. It's worked out really well. It's fabulously worked out for Edmonton. Just what a collection of talent they have up there. Connor McDavid um, and a bunch of plugs. I think I read today, Milan Lucic, who was the replacement for last year's NHL MVP, uh, Taylor Hall, do you know he's got two goals in his last 81 games? Oh. I read that. I, I could not believe it. That's the truth. Two games wow. in his last 81 games. Milan Lucic. But they're gonna <laughs> they're gonna they're gonna make something out of Brandon Manning. He's gonna be the, the turnaround for the Oilers God. season. Like I just uh, my favorite part of the trade is like the Blackhawks. Do they? Their cap hit is lower now because of this, right? Yeah. Like for this season. And 
as if that weren't good enough, now you have Brandon Manning's contract off the books for next season. Exactly. And as if all of that isn't good enough, you also got a pretty decent forward that you can maybe make something out of. Like he's basically like another entry in the Dylan Strom kind of thing where it's like, all right, kid, let's see what you got. We ain't got nothing to play for this season. Let's see what we can do with you. Like there is just there's no what there's no like conceivable way that this can be viewed as a negative for the Blackhawks unless you bought a Brandon Manning jersey. That's like literally the only thing that could possibly be bad about this. And frankly, if you did that, that's your own fault. They're going to have to find a new like uh, little video to run during the Blackhawks TV show where Brandon Manning shows up at a firehouse and like donates stuff. And they're like, who are you? What? Brandon, you're on the Blackhawks? I never heard of you. By the way, <laughs> before Jason Garrison gets sent down tomorrow when he clears waivers, uh, the Blackhawks will have saved $100,000 on that trade. Now, wow. uh, Garrison makes, which is not a lot, but Garrison makes six hundred and fifty k. He'll be sent to Rockford. I'm not sure if it's a straight savings or if they have to pay for uh, some chunk of that, but you're you're saving over a hundred thousand dollars on the cap again. Well, well, his deal's only six hundred and fifty k. You said. I yeah. think The I think the cutoff is a million dollars. If it was over that, then that would still stay on the NHL cap. But no, I think his cap hit goes completely away. Yeah. So there's seven hundred. If that's true, which I have no reason to doubt you, uh, seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars in cap savings. They became a much better team. Um, by adding by just by getting rid of Manning in the first place you saw the thing from Lazarus a while back where Calton basically sat down with Manning and was like look um you're not good and you won't be playing uh so uh just get used to that <laughs> and they were able to trade him for a young sco- scoring ish forward with upside that is yeah. unbelievable and you Oilers literally on salary literally nothing bad about this trade. I could not believe what Edmonton is doing. What, what Edmonton, you know what? This is the worst decision you've made since you switched to orange on a constant basis. Yeah. The, go oh. back to the, go back to the blue jerseys. Don't trade for Brandon Manning there. I just helped your organization. You pay should, me money. You know what? They're going to hear this podcast and be like, wait a damn minute. You're fired, Chiarelli. James, you're hired. You are the Yay! new GM. You and Mike Mayock have taken over two of the most moribund franchises in sports today. Congratulations. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, and I thought the Edmonton trade was a bad idea. As soon as I saw Mike Mayock, I was like, oh, oh, good God. Oh, this can't get any better. Like, just seriously, you saw a man on TV and you hired him. What are they, run by Donald Trump? Oh, oh hey, oh, hey, hey, hey. Don't get political. Don't be an SJW, James. We hey, were warned hey, about that. Donald Trump does hire a bunch of people off of TV, okay? Okay, that's I'm, true. I'm allowed to make that joke. That's true. That's true. All right, so, yes, we're all very happy about the Kojula trade. Uh, the All right, I found one downside. I have to spell check his name every time I type it. It'll be like Jomerson. You'll get used to it, <laughs> and then they'll trade him. <laughs> You're probably right. For some Arizona coyote somewhere. Hey, hopefully he does a uh, on the glass event with you, and then you'll definitely have to learn his name. That'd be fun. I I wish we had those again. They're just not really happening anymore. I don't know. Uh, maybe the Hawks were like, "Nope, I'm not doing that. I don't want to get traded. <laughs> I want no part of those." With your that. reputation precedes you, Jay. Seriously, Nick Schmaltz was the latest victim. Oh, <laughs> I bet his name's gonna come up again in this podcast because after all. This is the Good Riddance 2018 episode of this show. Well, with that, why don't we take our first and only time out of the show? That's right. We're not going to play any more commercials. We're going to have to do our reads, but our, our our awards will be sponsored by our sponsors. See how that works? We're, we're brilliant. Getting, we're getting very creative. So we're going to take a little time out here. We're going to restart the engines. We're going to start the 2018 Good Riddance 2018 Hockey Awards show on the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. We will be right back. For all you foodies out there, I'm unwrapping a McDonald's steak, egg, and cheese bagel. Ooh, look at this steak. And the juice running down the side. Got a little bit on the wrapper here. Mmm. And then the fluffy egg and real cheese folded over the side looking just so good. Mmm, mmm. Grilled onions and a butter bagel too. Thumbs up for McDonald's steak, egg, and cheese bagel for breakfast. Love it. Mmm. Ba-ba-ba-ba. I participate in McDonald's. 
it is time for the inaugural Good Riddance 2018 Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast Award Show. I am your host, Jay Zawoski, with my partner in crime, the very handsome, the very talented James Naveau. Our first award of the evening is for Biggest Story, and it's brought to you by our friends at Marishka's in Crest Hill, 604 Theater Street, family-owned and operated since 1933. The steaks, the poor boys, the seafood, the craft beer, everything at Marishka's is phenomenal. Go check them out, 604 Theodore Street, marishkas.com, or facebook.com slash marishkas. That's M-E-R-I-C-H-K-A-S. They're closed only on Christmas, Easter, the 4th of July, and Thanksgiving. So you've got some time to get to Marishkas. James, your pick first for the biggest story of 2018. Everybody and their mother that's listening to this podcast right now is immediately assuming that I'm going to go with Joel Quenville getting fired earlier this year. I am going to say that it's an honorable mention for me. It is a massive story, massive ramifications, not only for this season, but for the organization as a whole. But Hmm? instead, I am going to go with the proverbial domino that I believe kind of started everything falling, everything that led to the team missing the playoffs for the first time in a decade to the team thinking that they needed a retool or a remodel or whatever reword Stan Bowman is using today. Instead, I am going to go with the thing that I believe started all of that. And that is the saga, which someday will be turned into a three part movie series directed by Peter Jackson and set in New Zealand, the Corey Crawford saga, the never ending what's wrong with him. Let's explain it in a myriad of ways. We're going to have all these conspiracy theories, this rise against concerts and whatnot. All of this started, all of this kind of downturn of the organization, the firing of Quenville, the missing of the playoffs, in my opinion, all started when that man between the pipes who has carried this team so many times in so many situations, when he went down and nobody knew what exactly was wrong with him. Jay, my winner of story of the year is Corey Crawford's injury saga. That's a really strong pick because there is no Joel Quenville firing, probably, if Corey Crawford doesn't get hurt last year because they're a playoff team. More than likely, things go better. They don't completely fall apart. And, uh, yeah, we're looking at totally different Blackhawks history if that injury does not happen. I am going to go with the favorite, however, and I'm going to pick the Joel Quenville firing. You're right. There were a lot of factors that led up to it, probably none more than Corey Crawford getting traded or getting injured. But I have to say firing the coach who after 10 years and three championships should have been four, uh, <laughs> a legend in this town, beloved by the fans, even the people that were critical of him, like you, like me, um, adored the guy. Chicago icon Joel Quenville getting fired to me that is the number one story of the year and uh you know I think from here on out too like everything Jeremy Cowton does is going to be under that microscope of Joel Quenville we talk about this with like it on the score with Mitch Trubisky we can't talk about Trubisky's success without bringing up Pat Mahomes right like well he was picked later and he's better so there's always that sort of shadow over it I sense a similar sort of shadow with Joel Quenville with everything Jeremy Cowton does. I've gotten countless tweets and texts about where would they be if Q was still the coach? Would they be better off? And while it's kind of impossible to answer that question, I think it's safe to say had he not been laid off, they probably wouldn't have gone through that eight-game losing streak, right? But at the same time, they may not have corrected the power play. Mm -hmm. You know, they may not have started using better players in bigger situations and relied on the aging vets a little more. So it's impossible to say, but I do think everything from that moment on is sort of a flashpoint for the next era or two of Blackhawks hockey. So that is my biggest story of the year to Joel Quenville firing. Of course, we'd love to hear your guys' opinions on all of these. So tweet us at MadhousePod, email us, MadhousePod at gmail.com. Want to get your takes on what you think of, of all these categories. All right. Our next category comes from one of our listeners. The most likely, the player most likely to be traded award. That will be sponsored by our friend Michael Elwood, our star real estate agent with Remax First Service out there in Orland Park. 
708-675-1600. Find your dream home with Michael Elwood of Remax First Service. And if this player is traded, they might need to give Michael a call themselves. <laughs> James, who is your nominee for the player most likely to be traded? Or your winner, I suppose. I do want to give a shout out to our listener, Eric Schaefer, who suggested this when I uh, put the call out uh, last week or the week before for uh, potential category ideas. He suggested this one. I really dug it. I thought it was good. So, man, I there were several players that kind of popped up, but I'm I'm going to go very safe, Jay. I'm going to I know that like it'd be kind of like fun to go with somebody who's like big and bombastic and be a crazy, you know, shift in organizational philosophy, yada, yada. But instead, I am going to go with John Hayden because I get the sense that if some team looks at him, they're going to think there's something there that the Blackhawks aren't getting out of him. There's some kind of potential there. There's maybe a little bit more scoring. Maybe there's a little bit more grit. Whatever it is, they're going to look at his cap hit. They're going to look at that that potential that we've seen but just is never quite fleshed out. I get the sense that at some point before the trade deadline, the Blackhawks are going to end up trading him away to somebody. So, therefore, John Hayden needs to call the good folks at REMAX and potentially look <laughs> for a new place to live. I like that one. I also think this, the signing or the trade of, Drake, of the acquisition of Drake Kajula is bad news for him or Dylan Secura. Um, I think one of those two guys will be out of the lineup when Kajula gets here after he clears up his visa problems. If, if you missed it today, uh, he will not be part of things tomorrow. Jeremy Cowton said they hope he can join the team by the end of the week. That is a work visa issue being traded from Canada to the United States. So, um, you know, just climb the wall, man. Get over here. Anyway. Uh, Thanks so, a lot, Obama. Yeah, that's a great pick. I like that one very much. Uh, I'm going to go with an also sort of a safe one. I think as the trade deadline approaches and teams start to get desperate for help, someone's going to remember Chris Kunitz from three or four years ago and say, ooh, he's available. He hasn't played a lot this year. He's got some fresh legs and give up a whatever future considerations for Chris Kunitz. But I, I know these are not the sexiest answers, but it's going to be a long shot to trade Seabrook. It's going to be a long shot to trade Keith or anybody like that. So I think the most likely player to be traded to me is Chris Kunitz just because he's got some skins on the wall. Maybe some team thinks they can reinvent him a little bit or bring him back for a playoff run. Uh, I, I don't see him playing any more games aside from, you know, maybe one a week or one every two weeks here or there. Uh, he's uh, just like Brandon Manning. Uh, Jeremy Colladin has made it pretty clear that Chris Kunitz is not part of the plans, nor should he be. So I think he might be the next one and the most likely one to be traded. Yeah, I think that you're absolutely right about that. I think that another team could potentially give him a chance. Does he have any type of no trade protection in his contract? Uh, let me pull that up right now. I, I thought that was Cam Ward has that. No, Cam Ward for sure has a no movement clause because – I've ranted and raved on this podcast about it for quite a while, but it seemed very unnecessary to basically say, we can't send you down, we can't trade you, we can't do anything. He but, has uh, Chris Kunitz does have a no-movement clause by virtue of his contract. He also is a 35-plus player, so if he were to retire, the Blackhawks would still have to pay him his money. Well, I think it's a guy who's not playing at all. So if he was approached with a trade, I think he would definitely do it. Don't you? Yeah, he's not an idiot. He knows. Right. I mean, he knows he's not going to – he's either – so you're either going to not play at all or you're going to accept a trade somewhere. It's going to be a contender. I mean, yep. what's the worst-case scenario is that he goes to another team and doesn't play? Eh, I don't know. If it, if I'm Chris Kunitz uh, for the last three or four months of the year, I'm, I'm definitely uh, looking to move on. So I, I don't know. what I know he's got family here and all that stuff, but I think the – opportunity to play one last stretch of games in his career could be tempting and i don't think that trade uh those that new no movement clause will limit the hawks from trading him in any way next up we're, we're trying to find the perfect uh category for rabid brewing to sponsor and uh, this is another listener submission it is the mascot you at least like to fight <laughs> and uh in honor of tommy hawk who beat the living hell out of a d-bag at the united center loved it uh, Tommy Hawk went up about 15 notches on my belt that day. That was awesome. But Rabbit Brewing, head on out to Homewood, Illinois, my hometown. 
if you like craft beer, if you're just a macro brew fan, whatever you're into beer-wise, Rabbit will make you feel comfortable. They'll teach you what you're drinking. They'll find the right thing for you. They have an ever-rotating uh, selection of different craft beers, and they're super accessible. You're not just going to drink a big pint glass full of hops. If that's your thing, Rabbit's got you covered. But if you're into more of a, uh, uh, you know, a fruity beer or a wheat or whatever, Rabbit's got all those angles covered. So go check them out. Ho- uh, Rabbit Brewing in Homewood, the time has come for you to finally drink mythological level craft ales. Visit the Southland legend, Rabbit Brewing in Homewood, Illinois. I'm going there soon. I can't wait. I cannot wait. So, James, which NHL mascot would you least like to fight? Oh, we're sticking with NHL mascots, huh? Oh, you want to mix it up? All right, go for yeah, it. Yeah, I went. I had a couple of different ones that I picked. In. I mean, it's a hockey podcast. We were, I, I didn't know if we were going to stick with uh, the, well, I mean, it's also a goofy category, which, by the way, thank you to Twitter user the JD 44 as opposed to the JD46. That guy's a D-bag. Yeah. But the JD44 suggested this one, and I did very much like it. I have two winners, Jay. And you can't do that. One of one of them is extremely practical, and one of them is really freaking stupid. Which one do you want first? I want one. What are you, Warren Beatty? Just handing out awards to whoever you feel like? Hey, man, sometimes there's ties in these things. No, there's not. Yes, there is. There's never ties in these things, but I'll give it to you because I like you. Well, I mean, it's also a category of what mascot would we least want to fight. It's not like I'm trying to say I want to tie for player of the year or best trade. Like, I'm not going to do that. Fine. But the mascot thing, sure. I'm not going to go with Gritty, by the way, because no one no one would fight Gritty. Gritty's fun. Gritty only attacks people who deserve it, so I'm not worried about him. I don't know if that's true, but go on. <laughs> I am worried, however, the New Orleans Pelicans have a mascot that I would not want to run into in a dark alley. Have you ever seen a uh, king cake for Mardi Gras and it has a baby in it? Like you have like the little plastic baby. It determines who the king of Mardi Gras is. Yes. They have a mascot that is a giant version of that baby and it is freaking terrifying. If I saw it in a dark alley, I would urinate all over myself. More so than usual. That mascot I do not want to trifle with. The other one, much more practical, much more understanding, the USC Trojan mascot who can just stab you with a sword. Like, who wants to do that? I don't. Well, see, now that we're now that we're veering away from hockey, this does open it up a little bit. So I need a moment. I, I like your angle there with the USC Trojan. But remember, West Coast, not really tough, right? Like, <laughs> in the sun all the time. Like, hey, man, whatever. I don't want to stab you, man. Let's just be friends. Same sort of idea. The Florida State Seminole with the flaming spear. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't want that rammed into my chest cavity. <laughs> I'm in a hard pass on that. Uh, so I know Renegade's the horse. What's the name of the actual Seminole? Does he have a name? I, I thought Renegade was the uh, Oklahoma State mascot. Nope. Renegade. I know for a fact Renegade's Florida State because my friend, who's a big, dumbass Florida State fan, named his dog Renegade. Oh, my God. Yeah. Get a life. <laughs> well, he is the worst. <laughs> but, look, is it Shane Reardon? Because that not, makes no, it, sense. It is uh, former score producer Tim Bach. Oh, okay. Good man. I'm just teasing. I love Shane, even though I like poking fun at him, too. All right, well, we got to do a hockey one, though. We got to yeah, do Yeah, we do. And I think. What, the, how about the Vegas Golden Knight? Like, it's kind of a similar thing, right? Again, it's all show. It's not real. Hmm. It's just like, hey, how, how look about, at me. How about, is it Yuppie is the Montreal Canadiens mascot? Yes. There's some dark history there. I don't know if I like him. I think Harvey the Hound looks like a killer clown dog. Oh, hell yeah. Yes. I'm going to go with that one. That, that thing looks unstable. I mean, anytime you see a dog wearing suspenders and a clown hat, I'm out. That's is the mine. Anaheim Ducks mascot, is he Blades? What? I thought it was Wild Wing. Oh, yeah, it's Wild Wing. I'm trying to think of who Blades would be. Oh, that's the uh, Coyotes mascot. Yeah, you're never guys. mind. Your yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, I but and I, one other thing I do want to point out is how irritating it is when teams have a mascot that's not their actual like animal. Like the Arizona Diamondbacks have a bobcat. Wouldn't a poisonous snake be a much better, much more intimidating mascot? I think that like uh, the visual of a snake just like writhing around a snake mascot just like rolling around the stadium <laughs> is 
<laughs> like a human centipede. It'd be so funny, though. <laughs> I'd be in for that for sure. You gotta Instead be of mystery pucks, you have uh, just pot- vials of rattlesnake venom. Good luck. Yeah. Yeah, like Russian roulette. Like, drink yeah. the vial, and if you're dead, you know you got the wrong one. <laughs> so many oh, possibilities. what a bummer. We'll refund your PSL. Yeah, exactly. All right. Uh, the next one, uh, because Triple Threat is our longest tenured sponsor, they're going to get two categories. All right? So the That's first... Two. Well, it's actually, truthfully, it's four categories. Oh, good Lord. We're... You know what? They owe us extra next month. That's right. I'm going to double invoice them. Uh, so they're going to get the worst and best trade and the biggest disappointment and the biggest surprise. So let's mm. start it off with the worst trade. James? It's really tough yours. to pick the worst trade this year because, like, there's – they really haven't made a ton of trades. It wasn't like in years past where they were, like, wheeling and dealing at the trade deadline and everybody must go and yada, yada. <sighs> I have to go with the one that hurt my heart the most, and that was trading Marion Hosa to the Coyotes. That that trade made sense from a cap perspective. They did get back Mackenzie Entwistle, who I'm kind of intrigued to see what he does when he comes up. But you not only had to give up Marion Hosa, who is like the ultimate classy warrior, awesome hockey dude, but you also had to give up Vinny Henestrosa who is a serviceable NHL player, had a solid start out there with the Coyotes. You had to give up Jordan Osterley, the best number 82 in the history of the Chicago Blackhawks. And you had to give up. This is probably the one that sticks in my craw the most. You had to give up a third round draft pick this year, which everyone's like, why, James? Why would that stick in your craw? It's because as the William Nylander saga unfolded with the Toronto Maple Leafs, everyone was saying someone should offer sheet him. Someone should give him money. Guess who couldn't because they traded their damn third round pick to the Coyotes. That's right. It was the Blackhawks. And I saw multiple people say, oh, just do it. Yeah, can't do it. It was very frustrating. I was bummed out that the Blackhawks couldn't throw a monkey wrench into the works of the NHL. And it was all because they decided to toss in that third round pick in the Marianosa trade. So that's it. That's my least favorite worst trade of the year. Uh, that's a good pick uh, for all the reasons you stated. And of course, uh, the demigod known as Marianosa is no longer a Blackhawk in anything. Like usually you could turn on like NHL 19 and Hosa would just be there on the Hawks. You'd be like, oh, he's still a Hawk at heart. No, now he's on the damn Coyotes. That's lame. But my worst trade of the year uh, came on February 19th, 2018, when the Blackhawks traded defenseman Michael Kepney to the Washington Capitals for a third-round pick that was later traded to the Arizona Coyotes. Michael Kepney went on to, drumroll please, win the Stanley Cup and be Uh. a big part of why they did win a Stanley Cup in Washington. Not the main reason, of course, not probably within the top five, but he was a contributor to a Stanley Cup champion when he could not sniff the ice under Joel Quenville. So that, to me, is the worst trade of 2018. There were some uh, other ones that were nominees, but I think that's the one where you're like, man, you kind of had a guy that could have been helpful right now, and uh, he's not here anymore. So that, to me, that was the worst trade in the calendar year of 2018. It's hard to argue with that being your top pick. That was a very frustrating Joel Quenville-fueled move that obviously would not have happened if Jeremy Collin was in charge. And my least favorite like, kind of side note on that story is that that basically paved the way for them to give Jan Ruda a completely pointless contract extension, too. <sighs> Let's move on from that conversation, shall we? You want to do a best trade? Let's do the best trade of the calendar year 2018 is the Good Riddance 2018 Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast Award Show rolls on. Man, we had a late-breaking nominee for this award when the Edmonton Oilers LOL'd all over themselves and just traded a bunch of stuff for a bunch of nothing. But I am not going to go with that trade. Instead, I'm going to turn back the clock one month when the Blackhawks got Dylan Strome and Brendan Perlini from the Arizona Coyotes for Nick Schmaltz. You now, yes, dear listeners, I have seen your many, many, many tweets about how Nick Schmaltz 
was thriving in the desert and how he was racking up points. And he's a guy that the Coyotes needed to get their offense going. And they're going to be excited to sign him to a five or a six million dollar a year deal when the season concludes. However, I would also like to point out that Nick Schmaltz quickly earned the wrath of head coach Rick Tockett because he doesn't do little things right like play defense or win faceoffs. The honeymoon period for Nick Schmaltz kind of came to an abrupt end out in Arizona when they saw the tragic reality of the kind of player that he is. And I'm not saying that Nick Schmaltz is bad by any stretch of the imagination. Has potential as a top six forward. I really did like his game, but... When you add in the stuff that I said about the honeymoon period kind of wearing off with the Coyotes and you add in the fact that this Dylan Strom character came in and immediately was one of the most dynamic and entertaining and interesting players to watch on a Blackhawks team that quickly went from being, oh, we're a playoff contender to nothing of the sort. Dylan Strom came in here and immediately made an impact and really opened my eyes and impressed me. And frankly, Brendan Perlini's been relatively solid too he's not like a great player he's not gonna be a huge difference maker on a playoff squad but he's a solid guy and I've liked what I've seen from him as well so the fact that the Blackhawks were able to get that salary cap relief and get rid of Nick Schmaltz before they had to sign him to a moderately sized extension and they got a guy in Dylan Strom that they were able to kind of get a little bit more out of and kind of benefit from a change of scenery. And then the nice little cherry on top with Brandon Perlini being a serviceable, if not solid NHL player. That is what I think is the best trade of 2018. I would like to argue with you. And I thought about saying the best trade of the year was the trade made yesterday. However, I have not seen Drake Kajula play a shift for the Blackhawks yet. So he could break his ankle at the airport. He could be traded before he plays a game for the Hawks. So before he, he plays... could be detained by immigration. Exactly. Like there's a lot of things that can happen. Um, he could just absolutely suck. I don't know. So I can't call that the trade of the year based on nothing, uh, but I can give it runner up. How about that? For the reasons you stated about the uh, Nick Schmaltz for Dylan Strom and Brennan Perlini trade, I'm going to go ahead and agree with you. I was tempted to do the Richard Panic for uh, Anthony DeClaire trade. Maybe that would have won had they brought DeClaire back, but because that was just such a short-term thing, it's hard for me to look at it that way. Uh, I agree with you. I think Dylan Strom, especially lately, has really contributed um, to the Blackhawks' power play. He's sort of finding his role and his niche on this team. I think he's fit in very well, and uh, they they became a deeper team when they made that trade. And of course, if you just a lot of people just want to do what you said, just look at the stats. Schmaltz has this many points, Strom has this many, therefore this team won. Right? It's not that simple. You, like you said, you have to consider that Nick Schmaltz is due a contract after the season, and nothing I saw from Schmaltz this year makes me feel confident that rewarding him with four and a half to six million dollars a year is going to pay off for me long term. I could see that in a year or two being one of those deals you say, oh my God, this is going to cripple our organization for a long time. Arizona can handle it. They're always at the cap floor. They're never pushing against the salary cap ceiling. So if they have a bad deal here and there, it's not a it's not a problem for them. For the Hawks to make a mistake on Nick Schmaltz would be incredibly costly, uh both financially and you know cap and like down the road development wise so i think getting out while they could getting a good return uh for schmaltz is a good move i'm going to give just like james did the best trade of 2018 to stan bowman for acquiring dylan stroman brennan perlini for nick schmaltz next category also sponsored by our friends at triple threat sports for all your team outfitting needs you got to call chris if you're one of the better or worse trades you're going to need in New Jersey, that's the place to get it. 708-478-6090, triplethreatsports.com, or email chris at triplethreatsports.com. If you can wear it, Triple Threat Sports can make it. Give them a call. Next award in the Triple Threat Sports category is for biggest disappointment of the season. When I heard biggest disappointment, I think I immediately thought of Corey Crawford suffering a second concussion. But I think we're wanting to stick to the most disappointing player. And obviously 
you can't fault Corey Crawford for what happened. It's a total bummer what happened to him. In that spirit, in giving it to a player, I I have to give it to the guy who's worn the alternate captain uh, A on his jersey for a decade. I have to give it to the guy who, until recently, was one of the NHL's top defensemen, a Norris Trophy winner, an Olympic gold medalist, just an all-out tough guy who has done so much for the Blackhawks organization. For disappointment, I have to go with a guy that Father Time is clearly getting the better of right now, and that's Duncan Keith. I think that his obviously his approach to the game is going to have to change if he's going to be a solid defenseman at all the rest of his career. I feel like he's still trying to allow his athleticism to cover up for mistakes that he makes, and he simply doesn't have it anymore. I think that we obviously are seeing the decline of Duncan Keith. I did not quite think it would be so precipitous. I thought that it would be a little bit more gradual than this based on his skill as a player and his intelligence on the ice. I have not seen that. It has been way more rapid than I thought. Therefore, I have to give my most disappointing award and probably our smallest award as well. I think we may have made this one out of tinfoil. Mm-hmm. I have to give it to Duncan Keith. Yeah, it's very hard to disagree with you. And part of me was tempted to uh, award this to Gustav Worsling, who I think has not gotten better. I think, if anything, he's regressed lately and uh, just not encouraged by what I've seen from Gustav Worsling over the last little bit. But yeah, we talked about all season the keys to this being a good year and Duncan Keith being a positive contribution kind of player uh, was hugely important. If anything, he needed to be more than that. He needed to be uh, good to kind of great again, and it's not the case. And aside from just, you mentioned, excuse me, father time sort of catching up with him, we've also seen blatant lapses in effort or interest in competing, and that's something that I never thought I would see from Duncan Keith. Uh, We've seen it too many times this year. For a guy who the Hawks rely on so much, game after game, and yes, again, that's part of it, is the fact that the Hawks have been leaning on this guy for a decade plus. I get that, but there's no excuse for the lack of effort. There's no excuse for the lack of heart. And, uh, you know, you could you could make the same physical arguments about Brent Seabrook, but at least he's out there doing everything he can when he's on the ice. I have not seen that from Duncan Keith. It's been better lately as the Hawks have gotten more competitive but that was one of the last guys I ever thought I'd have to question his effort and heart, and I've had to do it a couple times this year. So very, very disappointing uh, season for Duncan Keith. So James and I are lockstep on that one. Now let's go on the positive end. Who is the biggest surprise in your eyes this season? I'm actually like of two minds on this. I think one is I feel like we can go with a guy who's currently on the roster. We can go with a player that's making an immediate impact on the ice. And if that's the case, then I'm definitely going to go with defenseman Eric Gustafson, who, despite some serious defensive lapses at times, he is still a young kid, still really learning the NHL game. However, the fact that he has been able to not only like kind of get this offense going a little bit with his incredibly strong passing game, got a great nose for when to pinch in and attack the net and use his speed to his advantage, He's also been the key guy, as far as I'm concerned, in getting this power play going in the right direction this season. I don't I expected Eric Gustafson to at least have a shot to grab a consistent top six role on this team this season. I did not expect him to have the kind of impact that he's had on both ends of the ice. He has made some good defensive plays, even though he does have some lapses, too. I think that Eric Gustafson, with the way he has really kind of bolstered this offense, has kind of resurrected this power play and allowed Jeremy Colladin to construct a different special teams approach to this team and to this season. I would give it to a current NHL player. I would give it to Eric Gustafson. And if we're just going to go overall biggest surprised, I don't think anybody expected the kind of insanely good play that the Blackhawks have been getting out of recent third-round pick Evan Barrett, who is currently at Penn State playing for Team USA. I got to give him a shout-out as well because when I saw him playing in the USHL, he was part of the U.S. uh, Hockey Development Program. He just had all of the attributes that I really like in a player. He's a really gritty guy, 
got some quickness, got a great nose for the puck around the net. He's a guy that I think is going to score gobs of goals when he gets to the NHL and he's going to quickly become a fan favorite. And he may not always be like an 80, 85 point guy, but I see a really high ceiling for him as well. And so if we're going to go organization wide, I definitely think that Evan Barrett deserves some uh, props and some credit. But if we're sticking with the current NHL roster, which to my understanding is probably what we're doing with this award, I do have to give it to Eric Gustafson. It's a very good pick, very strong pick. And uh, I was uh, leaning that way too a little bit, but the recent play, and of course it's a small sample size, but this is a guy who, when I was sort of projecting what would happen this season, didn't really have on my radar aside from like, eh, maybe this guy will get called up if uh, you know someone gets injured or they find themselves short for whatever reason. Uh, Carl Dahlstrom has emerged as one of the Hawks' most defendable, dependable defenders. Uh, defendable defenders. Yes, or defendable p- defenders, exactly. <laughs> um, but he has stepped up and from day one has come in and played with a confidence that I am surprised to see uh, a kid of that pedigree, not a top prospect. You know, he's always mentioned when you sort of rattle off the defensive players in the system, but he was never sort of a top-of-mind guy. Dahlstrom has come in. He's earned the trust of Jeremy Cowton very quickly and uh, has found himself, you know, I think he's a, I think you got to look at Counter Murphy, Gustafson, and Dahlstrom as your three best defensemen right now. And that's kind of crazy. I don't know if you could have set, expected that uh, entering this year. So a uh, big surprise for me uh, is Carl Dahlstrom. Great to see them have another legitimate defensive prospect. You've got Yokoharu. Now you've got Dahlstrom, you've got Adam Boquist in the system. He should be here next year or the year after. Nicholas Bodan showed some things in training camp, too, that were very encouraging. Ian Mitchell down there in the minors uh, doing good things as well. So all of a sudden, what was looking like a very thin defense, now there's no next Duncan Keith or next Brent Seabrook in that group as far as we can tell, but the depth is there now. The organizational defensive depth is there um, a couple solid drafts from Stan Bowman with Yokoharu, uh, Boquist, and Bodan have helped that. But some of these other perimeter guys, uh, like Dahlstrom, making an impact as quickly as he has, has been a huge, huge part of their recent success. And I think he's going to be a big part of their future as well. So to me, Carl Dahlstrom wins the award for biggest surprise of 2018. Now for the big one. This is a big one. <laughs> the player of the year. Sponsored by our friends at Chuck's Southern Comforts Cafe with locations in Burbank and Darien. Visit chuckscafe.com, barbecue, Cajun, Mexican, all that great stuff. Everything anyone could ever want in a uh, bar and grill type place in a barbecue joint you can get at Chuck's. They've also got an extensive craft beer menu for you beer drinkers. Uh, go there. Go to Chuck's. Tell them the Madhouse Podcast sent you. Chuck's Cafe dot com burbank darian do it james Naveau, the floor is yours who is your good riddance 2018 madhouse chicago hockey podcast award show winner for the player of the year i i wanted to make this kind of like a joke because obviously we're saying good riddance to 2018 but there were several players on the blackhawks that made this year's team at least a little bit better to watch as they kind of descended into this area where they're going to have to really start retooling for the future. If they're going to want to make this thing a playoff contender again, a Stanley cup contender again. And so I ultimately was looking at three players. The first of them is kind of a shorter sample size. Therefore that's why he's not going to be the winner. And that is captain Jonathan Taves, who has really surged in this part of the year and this season been absolutely exciting to see him back on the ice and playing in the dominant fashion that we got used to seeing his first couple of years in the league. He's playing with a lot more speed, a lot more enthusiasm. Looks like he's having more fun out there. I know it has to be killing him that this team is not winning more games, but it is great to see kind of the old Jonathan Tabes come back and to kind of electrify the crowd at the UC and to really stand out especially when you're watching games on TV, you always know when number 19 is on the ice. My other runner-up, and Jay, this is a guy that I'm sure a lot of people have penciled in and circled as their player of the year, is Patrick Kane, who has obviously been a standout player for this team for a long time, has 
consistently an MVP candidate, having another really strong year this season, was just named the NHL's first star of the week for scoring five goals in two games. I love what Patrick Kane has done this season and this year. Been very exciting to watch him play, giving him honorable mention honors because, as you have said many times on this podcast, effort level has been a question with him at times. Lately, it has not been a problem. He's been you know, springing back really nicely. There was a period of kind of doldrums where it was kind of like, okay, what's going on with this kid? However, all of that aside, the guy that I am picking for player of the year this year based on his development, based on his electrifying skill, based on the fact that he's still so young and still has more growth to do as a player and is willing to do whatever it takes on both ends of the ice on a night-in, night-out basis, my player of the year honor has to go to Alex DeBrincat, who has just really done a great job with this team and has really given the fans somebody to kind of embrace and to love. He seems like a genuinely good kid, really good hockey player, so exciting to watch. And it all comes in this package that you look at him and go, there's no way he could be successful in the NHL. These guys are brutes. These guys are going to bruise him and knock him into the boards. Every time anybody has taken a run at Alex DeBrincat, either avoids the hit or he absorbs it, and then he goes down and scores a goal on you. He is a remarkable player to watch. It has been an absolute treat to watch his development so closely over the last couple of years as we've done this podcast. My Player of the Year award and a beer at Chuck's, if he ever wants to join us for one, is Alex DeBrincat. Well, now they can have a beer, right? Yes. Just, tur- just turned 21. Congratulations on being a grown man, Alex DeBrincat. James, you and I are lockstep on this. Great minds think alike. Uh, my runner-up, like yours, is Patrick Kane. You look at just the body of work. In the calendar year of 2018, I ran the numbers. 88 points in 84 games. That is outstanding. Anytime you're above a point a game player, Uh, you are a stud. However, Patrick Kane makes $10 million a year. He is the face of the franchise, him and Taves. That sort of output is expected from a player like him. Alex DeBrinkett is my player of the year, too, and here's why. You look at the, in the the calendar year of 2018, Alex DeBrinkett has played 85 games for the Chicago Blackhawks. He has 60 points in those 85 games, and you say, okay, well, that's, you know, 20 less points, 28 less points than Patrick Kane. Like, how can you make that argument? DeBrinkett has gone long stretches without scoring. He's had long slumps he's had to overcome. Had one last year, had one this year. With those slumps, he has still put up 60 points in just over one full NHL season. Uh, Everything James said, he is so critical to the future of this franchise. If Alex DeBrinkett is not a star player, the Blackhawks being competitive for the next, you know, five to ten years is kind of out the window. Everything I see from Alex DeBrinkett points to star or superstar type player. Yes, he's small. Patrick Kane was small too. And Alex DeBrinkett is going to get bigger. He's going to get stronger. And as he does, he's only going to get more consistent. And uh, to me, as soon as he sort of lands in that permanent spot in the lineup, the sky's the limit. Very similar to the way Tavo Taravina was being used under Joel Quenville, like, who's his center? Is he a center? Is he a wing? Left wing? Right wing? What line is he on? What's his role? Once DeBrinkett's role is established, I think you're going to see him nail that consistency and become close to a point-of-game kind of a player. Uh, he's electrifying. He's got all the tools. He plays in all three zones. So to me, Alex DeBrinkett, like James, is my player of the year for 2018 uh, and I, I'm happy about that. That's something that I may not have been super confident making a year ago today. Uh, even though I had high hopes for his game, I could not have predicted his development to happen as quickly as it has. And that is great news for the Blackhawks that their most important prospect is becoming just what they thought he would be. Man, we ended up having more agreements on this list than I thought we were going to. Well, look, when it's a bad year, <laughs> you know, there's only so many uh, so many positive things to pick. But it's good. You and I did not talk before this. We did not discuss who our picks were going to be. These nope. were com- we were completely just surprising each other with our answers. So uh, yeah, I think I think pretty successful for our first uh, annual. Well, I guess it can't be the inaugural 2018 awards, right? 
Yeah, I was thinking that when you said it. I was like, the inaugural and only 2018 awards. Well, next year will be the second annual 2018 uh, <laughs> Good Riddance Badhouse Podcast <laughs> we, Awards. We need to make a note of that because listeners, I think, would appreciate that nod to our own stupidity. <laughs> yes, I think they would. Uh, with that, it's time to wrap this one up. Thank you, everybody, for being with us uh, throughout this calendar year. Look, 2018 uh, has been, without a doubt, our biggest year of growth uh, success-wise, uh, advertising-wise. I know that sometimes the ads can be a little bit uh, much. I hope that people understand that we do them because we have to. Um, this takes a lot of time up for James and I to do a post-game podcast after every game, uh, at least one full-length podcast every week. We're on call for you guys. If something big happens, if something breaks, uh, that takes time. It takes energy. We can't miss a game on TV. So it does take up a lot of our time. So we do need to sell those advertisements to make it sort of worth our while to do. I think most of you understand that. I saw a couple of reviews that complained about it. We're sorry. We're doing the best we can. Uh, hopefully, you know, there's that fast forward button. Just saying. Um, <laughs> but we do want to thank our local sponsors, uh, of course. Uh, there for us since day one is Triple Threat Sports. Chris Hubble out there in Mokina running a tight ship doing a great job for all your team outfitting needs give chris a call 708-478-6090 another longtime sponsor i don't know if they were there day one but it was month one or yeah yeah like the first 10 15 games marishka's in crest hill uh a place i'm proud to be associated with uh joe zadralovich and his family they've been running the place since 1933 with love with care and it shows with every bite you take and every step you take in the building pristine clean awesome food everything you could want in a business in a partner in a place to go eat marishka's go check them out uh on theodore street out there in crest hill chuck southern coverage cafe of course longtime sponsor the best barbecue mexican cajun bar food you're going to find go to chuckscafe.com look up their daily specials that's where the sweet spot is every day there's something magical on that specials menu make sure you check it out chuckscafe.com Two of our new sponsors, Rabbit Brewing in Homewood, Illinois. My favorite brewery I've ever been to. It's a place where you go, you feel like family. The beer's great. There's a beer there for everybody, and uh, they make you feel welcome. They make you feel like part of the crew when you're in there. And where else can you go and watch sumo wrestling on a Thursday night? You tell me. Rabbit Brewing, that's where. And, of course, Michael Elwood, uh, family friend, helped Hope and I buy our first home out here in Homewood. We're going to be here for a long time. But if we do ever need a realtor again, Michael Elwood is the guy to call 708-675-1600. He's with Remax First Service. Um, but definitely want to thank all of our sponsors for their years or their months or whatever it is of uh, sponsorship. And, of course, more than anything, thank our listeners for being there for us since the Big Novoski Hockey Podcast started <laughs> on the Scores website to this little chintzy thing we were doing. Now to one of the biggest hockey podcast in the country uh really we could not do it without you guys uh i'll never forget what you guys did for my friend andy garcia at our rabbit brewing charity fundraiser raising four thousand dollars to help my friend who lost his wife uh just this past year so it's really been an amazing 2018 for us and uh only upward from here so we we thank you guys very much very very much yeah, I echo all of Jay's sentiments for all of our sponsors, all the help that they've given us over the years. I can't wait to have many more awesome events with them. And most importantly, wait to you know see you guys all again uh, at our next events at the Wolves game in February. But even if I don't see you there, from the bottom of my heart, I am deeply indebted to every single one of you that's listened to this podcast, that's ever given us any feedback at all. Uh, when I turned 30, I decided, I said that I wanted to be a part of a podcast at some point within the next decade of my life. And fortunately enough for me, Jay was willing to, you know, bring in some schlub dope from NBC to talk about the Blackhawks with him. And it has been an incredible ride. And we would not be here today without all of the support that we've gotten from our listeners. You guys are all just so amazing. Every one of you that we've reached out to and hung out with over the years and every one of you that's listened to this podcast from the bottom of my heart i am deeply grateful to you guys for making this all possible and i can't wait to see what 2019 brings to this uh 
this little uh, corner of the hockey verse that we've got going here. So thank you all again so much. Yeah, and I think uh, I, I can speak for both of us. We need to thank our wives and families for their patience uh, because, again, this does take a lot of our free time up. Uh, a lot of the time we could be spending with them, we're spending with each other, which is fun. You know, I like which hanging I'm, out with I'm sure I'm sure Laura doesn't have a problem with this. <laughs> Pro- all right, in fairness, probably not. But uh, <laughs> really, thank you to everybody. We're not going to extend these uh, sappy moments any longer. But thank you for listening. We will be back. Uh, whoa, the Winter Classic is tomorrow. I will be in South Bend. Uh, James, you're not going, are you? I am not going to the Winter Classic. All right, well, you got the post game tomorrow. Wee! I'll, I'll probably do it outside just for fun. <laughs> just go sit in your driveway and do it. That's that, exactly right. <laughs> that sounds great. All right, well, thank you for doing that. We will talk to you guys very, very soon on the next edition of the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. Thank you. Happy New Year. We will talk to you in 2019. Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name your price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The name your price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxwain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.